It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. I have to start the show by asking G. Bush to throw up those fresh kicks. Can you get them up that high? I haven't seen those. Are those new? These are semi-new. Semi-new. Yeah, Semi-new. I have not seen those. Those Sem- are nice. Semi- you know what those remind me of? What's that? The old school Houston Oilers. Oh, yeah. They had the freshest yeah. uniforms the in the game. The powder blue and the red. Powder and, blue yeah. and red. I love powder blue works for anything. Carolina blue. Yeah. But when you mix the red in there with that, and yeah. what's odd is the Titans kind of had those colors, but they went with a darker blue now, yep. too. Yep. Those were just Damn those old Oilers uniforms. And, were, were and the fresh. craziest part about it is Kevin Stefanski could have worked for them. You know, they had the five wide. Hey, with Jeffries. <laughs> Jerry Glanville. He used to leave tickets for Elvis at every game. I don't like the Texans name and logo hour. I don't know why they didn't go back to the Oilers. They should go I back. know they really should. They, 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 they absolutely should. Between them and the Chiefs, the Chiefs is the classic ones because they only got like one uniform. But it's just something. Do, do, do you think that the Guardians fans feel like they got bamboozled? Because because there, yes. is, there is something that says when you say you're coming into Arrowhead Stadium, it's just a level of intimidation. So it's back to Arrowhead now. It's no longer Burrowhead. Oh uh, yes, that's yeah. Arrowhead. It's officially Arrowhead. It's officially Arrowhead. <laughs> I hate. It's actually G H E and whatever nonsense that is. But I refuse. The way it's Mile High Stadium too. Yeah, it's still Mile. Just stop with these crazy names. Man, did the Guardians feel like they they feel like they got pushed out a little bit? What was nuts was they were told by Major League Baseball that the Braves they were also undergoing talks with the Braves, who were likely to change their name. And then once they gave Atlanta the all-star game like they did to Cleveland right. to get them to switch, Atlanta was like, no, no, you know, we're, we're good. good. We're, we're good. good. Not only are they the Braves, which is, you know, I, I thought the Redskins was offensive. There are levels of, of, yeah, of yeah. offense. The most offensive thing to me is the Tomahawk chop. Like, because, like, the chop, like, they didn't know, like, I'm like, you do know people. That means scalping. Yeah, that's. And do you know that was one of the most devastating ways to perish? And they're like, don't care. Don't care. And what was funny was (laughs) the commissioner who was behind the scenes pulling all the levers to get the Indians and the Braves to change their names, literally when interviewed at the World Series when the Braves were at home, he said, you know, We've talked to area troops, and they find this to be perfectly fine. Yeah, they're, they're ready to go. Oh, really? I see. Well, this is yeah. I just thought I just, I didn't mean to get off on a yeah, tangent and we, or anything. and we digress. I did. Uh, right. Welcome to the show. You can tell by now there's no bull. He's he's still out sick. We're told perhaps Thursday. Yeah, do you guys Maybe. want the uh, the HIPAA update? Yes. yes. <laughs> Give us the McNuggets HIPAA update. Although, before I read it, I'm just going to make sure he hasn't tweeted it out. I don't want to say anything that he hasn't put out. On yeah, Twitter make sure that confirm. he's good with whatever information we re- He's we- Bull. He doesn't care. I know he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, we, listen, I, I have been in communication with Bull. He sent me his list for our top five later, which we're going to get to. Right, He right. sent me his. Uh, you know, I'm just Bull, we love you, man. He's, he's on antibiotics. They can't tell if it's one thing or another. I'm not going to tell you what they are because that is HIPAA violations. Right. So they're like, it's either one of these two, so we're going to give you the antibiotics to figure out which one it is. Mm. And he did say this morning he's feeling better. He can't talk for more than a minute straight, which would make doing this show extremely difficult. Make it impossible. I don't think Bull talks in anything less than 90-second monologue straight at any point. 
So uh, still not back. He's Man. not shadow banned. He's not distraught. He's just sick. And Jay, I did appreciate your Instagram message this morning. Was that not hilarious? Someone sent we're gonna, that to we're me. We're going to put that up. We'll pull it up for the I end of the show. I swear to God, I was laughing so hard, I had real tears streaming down my face. It was an Instagram post, and it said something to the effect of, he said it to my direct message, I'll have to check it, something to the effect of, I've found bull. <laughs> and the video, first of all, I had to watch the video to make sure that it was real, because it's just alarming. And <laughs> I don't know if I can handle it if you show that. We're, so it's a real, so I'm not sure how Tagboard and Real talk to each other through right. our system, but we're going to do our best to get that up because it was hysterical. <laughs> okay, and, yeah, I uh, hope we can. I, ho- I really hope we can because it was very yeah, it's good. it's very fun. In the um, meantime, I'll do my best bowl. Baker sucks. Nailed it. Ah, <laughs> go Bengals. No matter what the topic is, F them. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what it is. I don't care out of them. Actually, Jay, you're wrong on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, bad job by you guys, and let me tell you why. Yeah, you do, right? Uh, busy show today. We're going to do the Browns offensive grade card. I know that seems a little late. We were going to do it two weeks ago when the regular season ended, three weeks ago, and we got a little off track because of the Joe Woods firing. So we backtrack a little bit. We're going to give our grades on the offensive attack. Aditi's joining the program. It's been a minute since we've yeah. seen her. She's going to talk to us about the, uh, about the Browns grades. I think she might even have her own grade card for us. She's also going to give us her thoughts on the NFL playoffs. I'm told that this ultimate five is going to be the most contentious and perhaps the most controversial in show history. We're approaching a year on the air now. That, yeah, I it's, mean, it's tough. This better be good. Well, it's, here's the thing. We're doing the ultimate five most demoralizing penalties in an NFL game for a fan to endure. Like what we saw from... Uh, Based Joseph off what we saw in the Bengals game where a late hit puts him in position to kick Is, a game. Did that make your top goal. five? That's in the top five, yes. Okay. And each person, like, I think personal experience matters in this one. It has a certain kind yeah. of penalty yeah. kind of cut you deeper than it's cut someone else. I'm the else, only so. one old enough on this panel to – I I think I'm going to have one that's off the list. I'd be surprised if you guys came up with this. It brought tears to my eyes in a joyful way. Um, that might give it away, but hmm. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll have that debate. I'm, so I'm looking forward Jay, to Jay, we have the video of Bull. Do you, we, we should play it. We okay. Give it. So this was sent to me, and the message was something along the lines of, Bull is not out sick. I think I found him. Let's take and one. so will our mics be open over this? Yeah, you guys. <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> I've seen this before. It gets better. Look at that pass. And he's nice, bro. Wow. <laughs> I told you I could hoop. <laughs> oh my God! I saw this and I was just—he's out of bounds. I was just matter. dead. They're also, smooth Step criminal back. by Michael Jackson's playing underneath it <laughs> that you can't hear. We can't hear, which does add to the comedic value. <laughs> look at that pass! Hey, look! <laughs> He's hey, a behind the look, a hey, no look behind the back drop pass. Hey, by the way, this is out. You got to understand if you're a hooper outside by random pine trees. Do you understand? <laughs> this is almost it's incredible. A, this is double rim. Look, oh, I see you, Luca. Look at that. <laughs> so, Bull, we know you're not sick. This is oh. clearly you. I think Bull put this video out to show his his young hoopster Give basketball team. He shaved Listen, his head to try and disguise himself. I can ball. Yeah, it's like Kyrie when the, he went to the old man. <laughs> what is the old man? That's it's like our if Bull. Jonah Hill and Bull had a baby. <laughs> hey. Oh. oh. I didn't oh, what a pass. Listen, this is it right there. This dude can ball, though. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Listen, Bull, Bull had to show his team he was un- unacceptable. They weren't running the plays right. He said, I can do this. I show you I'm better than you. <laughs> we should give an update Step on the Rocky back. River Rafters, by the way. And let's do that right now. Yeah, they <laughs> lost again. They're 0-4. Oh. They blew a, blew a big lead this past Saturday. But they did since my were, coaching. Were you there? No, I wasn't. I just saw a text from Bull. But since my coaching – we have not scored less than 12 points a game. So offensively, Clearly you're the difference. we have thriving. Now, I have to come in and do a defensive clinic for the nine-year-olds. That, Please. That's next on the docket, but yeah. it's going to be tough. Was it at least close? They were up 20-9, to nine, lost 25-24, I believe. Look at Can't wait, close. What? They were up 20-9 to nine, yeah. and then lost 25-24. They can't close. Ooh, they went on a 16-4 to four run. They need, they need, a, they need an mismanaged, ACO. Mismanaged timeouts. i got to get on the head coach need, for that. need a draw by, play by, at the end of the game. By, by the way, there is no – Not, not bull strong suit, apparently. <laughs> I mean, not bull strong suit. I mean, there is no shot clock. 
I mean, there is a thing called one. Yeah, when four. it's twenty to nine, if there's no shot clock, just work the four corners. That's and right. Begin to... it's, it's called one four high. <laughs> Can you imagine the parents on the other team losing their minds? Shoot! He's out there. Actually, I guess Bull wasn't yes. there Saturday because he was sick. Oh, so you can't put that oh, that's on right. Him. He's, he's Bull, Bull was not there. Uh, and real quick, they lost 29-25, Excuse me. Oh. And Aaron did score his first bucket. Oh, so great! Shout out to Aaron. Bull wasn't there for that, which is the worst part. Yeah. He did oh. miss that, but. Aaron's going to score a ton more. I've been working on him one-on-one with some good moves. And also, real quick, before we move on to the Browns, uh, Jason, a.k.a. Daddy White Shack, because your son is Baby White Shack. Yeah, that's you, right. Do you want to give your son a shout-out for his stat line real quick? AJ played the best game of his life. He's the biggest kid on the team. Like How, great, how old? 12. 12. But he looks like he's 34. Like, <laughs> one of the other... He looks older than me. Oh, yeah. One of the other dads who we play baseball with walked in. He actually is a team doctor for the Indians, the Guardians. Yeah. And he walked in, he goes, dude, I said hi to AJ. And it felt like I was talking to a teenager. He's like, hey, what's up? He's got like a little <laughs> stash. My son has an irrationally deep voice. Like, it's unbelievable talking wow. to him. It's jarring. Wow. So he had 18 points and I think like 20 rebounds. <laughs> the first game, yeah. 18 and 18 20. And tw- the first game, he had like, he was 0 for 11 with like 10 rebounds because he kept missing and then he'd get his own rebound. And I told him like, dude, just hit the glass. Just bang it off the glass. That's what it's there for. Hit the box. Hit the square. And so all week long, he hit the square. And my God, he went out there Saturday, and, j- and nobody could stop him. So I called him wow. White Shack. So we're calling him Whack this week. He's Whack. whack. So Whack, white great shack. job, buddy. I love 18 this. points and 20 rebounds. Now, Best is game is he the one that you brought to the yeah, house for the yeah, – he's yeah. 13? 12. 12? He's 12. He'll be 13 in June. Yeah. We're going to have to start bringing the birth certificate. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And I'm like five nine and a half on yeah. a good day. Is and he my taller wife than you like, already? Oh, he's five, he's five, six and a half. We just measured him. At 12. And my wife is not tall either. And so we don't know where this thing came from. Did you grow early? I never grew at all. <laughs> That's the problem. That's what I'm worried that AJ's going to be like 5'11 in fifth That's grade and just never grow. Well, no, the doctor, just never the doctor said he's probably going to tap out like 6'4. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, so, wow. So there's there's height on kid. my wife's dad's side. I'm oh, okay. Like, and that's where it has to be. Isn't it weird how from. that can skip generations and then boom, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and, you know? and he's Italian, so that's where the facial hair comes from. And he's got this the Mahomes, the big I'm bushy just, Mahomes. I'm, I'm just hoping for a second baseman. Switch hitting or a left-handed throwing. Left-hand, yeah, you know, somewhere you left-handed in, throwing. In, in, infield, yeah, we're not going to do any big guys. Now watch, my kid might be bigger than me, but see, well, your your wife's tiny. I imagine yeah, like five. most of her family is probably smaller. Yeah, like they're they're very small. They're like mi- miniature micro machines. You know what though? I mean, if they get your athlete, even if they don't get your size, but they get your athleticism. Yeah. You got a lottery ticket there, I got, bro. I got a little ticket. I six uh, foot. Thank you. Hey, I need you to have a lot of range. <laughs> pick, right. your, pick your toys up from that chair to that wall. <laughs> you know, be careful though. You, we, as parents, you'll find, and you might do this. You, you tend to pigeonhole your your son or daughter into a sport. Yeah. Um, for me, it was easy because I wrestled. I definitely wasn't going to wrestle in college. Yeah. I didn't want anything to do with it. I was uh-huh. done cutting weight and working out and all that. Um, so I was just, oh, you're a baseball player. And it was from 10, 11, 12, and that's all I ever wanted to be. But my son, we thought that he was either soccer or baseball and was being recruited as a sophomore heavily in both. Then he decides, I'm going to run track my junior year indoor. And that was a wrap. He wow. never played baseball again. That's crazy. Wow. He played soccer still because there was no track and field in the fall. Yeah. There was an indoor in the winter and an outdoor in the summer. And, you know, you spend money on personal hitting coaches and pitching coaches and soccer camps and all of this investment. And then all of a sudden, I think I'm going to be a track star. And like that, life changes. And that's it. Yeah, so you never know. And some some of them grow later and a little bit. Wait, Jay, one more thing before we go on to real content here. I just thought of this. Wait, has the show started? How This isn't on air, is it? We should should do (laughs) – y'all know King of the Hill in basketball? Yeah. Yeah. 
King of the Hill versus every UCSS kid, from the youngest to oldest. <laughs> I'll start taking on Aaron, then I'll play Baby Shaq, then we'll get Earl's daughter who plays at Cleveland Heights, then I'll get all the way up to Brad's daughter who plays D1, oh. then Corey's the boss. Yeah, I, I got to beat them all. Good luck against that kid. That's I awesome. That's great. In basketball. If Cheyenne's ever in, in town, basketball. let's get that. Let's pull it can out. You, I can see video now of McNuggets uh, blocking Baby Bull yeah. and standing yeah. over and saying, you want some of this? I would Talk watch that. I would, too. I would watch that. that. That actually, we might have, and Dequ- how about Dequell's, because he's, he's my child. That's the last boss. Oh, that hurts. Hey. You're going mayor of Cincinnati after, now. After Dequell last week said I was the water boy, it, it's all. He did. He wants all the smoke. It's he could have given you a now. kicker roll and he called you the water. <laughs> yes, Call me a water boy. Could've. So we're going to set that up. All right, very good. We'll let's let's dive into these Browns is. grades. Yeah. Um, do you want to do one category at a time? Do you want each of us to give our card? No, all yeah, we got G ready first. So we're okay. going to let G explain everything. We're going to let everyone explain. We're going to let the YouTube chat vote on who the fairest grader is. We okay. also have both uh, cards for this. We, we should have known that was a wrap. I'm back and to then, being uh, jerk. We'll come back and we'll <laughs> see where we all disagree. But G, well, you've had three weeks now. Yeah, three you weeks. Changed your I could have. I could have. He did not though. G did not change his okay. mind. G, you're up first. Let's all right, here we Mike. go. Here we go. Where, where are we looking at? Yeah. So listen, we got to get to this, man. We looking at it. So we'll take the passing game. Now C plus. Now people might be mad at my C plus here. Now let me give my rationale on the C plus. Look, you had some really ups. You you had Amari Cooper who had one of his better years since he's been in the league, and you did that with a backup quarterback. I also like the fact that Jacoby Brissett is going to make himself some money on the open market a little bit as well. The reason I had to knock you down, reason I had to knock you down to a C-plus and it could have been upwards of a B, is I just don't know how I feel about Jacoby Brissett looking better than Deshaun Watson. I didn't see some of the hmm. same – I didn't see some of the same type <gasps> – Leaps and bounds and granted, you know, you know, he was out for a long period of time. But my thing was I was imagining that offense as I was looking at other teams playing this weekend or playing it later on in the season. And there seems to be a, a, a big difference in the way they, they, they well, scheme let, let it Let me up. ask you this. What grade would you give Brissett and what grade would you give Watson? Then? I, I give I, I'm, I was I give Brissett all the way up to a B. He has all the way up to a B. So then that. Yeah. Watts, Watts is like a D. Yeah, the Watson game, the Watson game plan was almost a D. D it, it could have yeah. been D minus at some point. I mean, the Texans game was ugly. There was a couple weather games in there, but then at the end of the year, they really could have ended on a, in a on a high note. But they played one of the worst games against the Steelers, who who had a backup rookie quarterback. I I didn't see I didn't see the preparation. I didn't see them moving to a point where it's like, oh, okay, I can see I can see this moving. I can see this happening. Yeah. Offense was a offense was a little passing game was messed up for me. Now the rushing attack, I would give it a minus. Now look, it, a lot of people. Shout out to Adam the Bull. I know you are, he's somewhere yelling. They ran the ball the most in the league, third most, right? Y- yes, we know. Fifteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns. Anybody would take that type of production, right? Absolutely. Um, you got almost five hundred yards from your backup running backs. The, the Browns ran the ball. Um, we would, I, we would, I would have liked to see him run it in a little more. I would say situational football. Hang on a minute. What did you say your grade was for rushing? I was a minus. My phone. A minus. After all the bitching and moaning you guys did all year long about how they weren't running the ball enough, you go and give them an A minus. Well, yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I think the re- I, well, I'll let you explain it, but. When they were asked to run the ball, they ran the ball great. Exactly. The problem was situationally, situationally. When you felt they should have been running more, and they, they weren't. They could have gave me – I could have gave them an A-plus. Like, there's a lot of thirds in there, and I see – like, because you got to think about it. We talked about poaching the other day. The Browns, at certain points in time, Jason, had one of the knockdown, drag-out best O-lines. Plus, the backs was moving. Plus, Nick Chubb was healthy. For every game, it seems like. So my thing was that 1,500 could have easily been 17, 1,800. Yeah. Now, I will say this. They, they threw the ball a little more, and then out of retrospect, Jacoby Brissett allowed them to throw the ball a little bit more than they used to because he had a, a, such a nice year, and I like what he did. But for me, yeah, the, the game has always been an A. It's just nitpicking about how much more they could have got. Now, the worst part is this, that creativity – <laughs> that creativity is a D. Why? And, and the reason I give them creativity <laughs> is because I just watched in the playoffs, I just watched uh, Chris Jones 
they moved him all over the place. They had him over the center. Yeah. They had him over the three technique when they needed a rush to get the game over. Guess what? He's over the, 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 the tackle. I watched them. I watched the Kansas City Chiefs be down to nobody. And you got, they had to fix it. Sky Moore, you're going to be our number one receiver. Tight ends had to come in. You look at it, you look at it like this. Even when Shanahan didn't have no quarterbacks, they at least was, they still scored a couple touchdowns, right? They still got on the board. But you look at the way that these other teams are being no, creative. Miami. Miami, right? They get on the board. Jacksonville. Um, I just didn't see the creativity level. Maybe that's due to the, the scheme. Maybe that's due to the coaching. But I think it's due to their roster a little bit. And consistency, I think I, I gave them an F because the Cleveland Browns, to be honest with you, at their peaks can play with any of those teams, which yeah. is this is wrong, Jason. At their peaks, like there's two, there's five to ten minutes of a game where you put a Cleveland Browns tape on and they could play with any team in the league. But it's just the the the, the peaks and the valleys in their in their gameplay, the non consistency. If they want to get to where they want to get, it has to get better. I gave them an F. Pretty pretty harsh. I thought I was harsh, but yours are yours are tougher than all of mine. Jay, do you want to go? Yeah, uh, mine's gonna look different than his. It's funny because you were killing him all year for not running the ball enough, and you gave him a better grade. <laughs> grade than I did. That's why you wanted to know what you gave him. Well, no, because that's. I'm like, wait a minute, you can just. <laughs> you can go ahead and pull it up. Oh, okay. wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's that's a different order than what it was on my phone. Uh, but rushing attack, I gave him a B plus. This is kind of straightforward. I think they were sixth in the league in rushing yards. So if you want to cut it up, there's 32 teams in the league. The top five or six or so A's. The next group of five or six or B's, C's, D's. It's not the best way to do it, but it, it's at least a benchmark. Uh, so I gave him a B plus in rushing. I gave him a C minus in passing. Almost was a D plus just because Deshaun dragged him down so much. Even as good as Jacoby was, we were raving all year about what a great year Jacoby had, and it was. But that's considering the standard that we had set for him. Overall, in terms of NFL, it's still not elite level can, quarterback can play. I, can I sneak in actually yeah, a question? Of um, if, if Jacoby had stayed quarterback, do you think the Browns would have made the playoffs? No. You think they, they, would they have won a couple more? They might, yeah, they might have got but one they, more. But they well, you said with Jacoby. With Jacoby, Jacoby the plays whole all year, they don't make the playoffs. No. Well, I mean, Watson, they were 3-3 three and three with Watson. Right. Yeah. They were under 500 with for a bigger sample size. Yeah. They were 4-7. and seven Right. With Jacoby. It was weird. I thought their offense looked way better with right. Jacoby. But I think the schedule had something to do with Absolutely. that. They caught some real sleepers. Yeah, they did. In there. And, and so, you know, I, for as well as Jacoby played, we've pointed out, he had just, just crushing interceptions at the end of some of those losses. Obviously, Deshaun, the last six games, was not great. Uh, and that dra drags the game down. I was better than you were. I was more favorable on the consistency and on the creativity. Creativity, I give him a B. Because we're talking about the creativity of the offense. Guys, there were dudes open all over the field. That wasn't the problem. Uh, you know, and David Ajoku, if he catches the ball in the end zone against the Saints, we're having a different conversation. The, the pass interference call on Amari in the Baltimore game, I thought was an awful call. The, the play was there to be made. He made the play. He mm -hmm. caught the ball. and gets called for a, a really bad, I thought, questionable push-off. So, I mean, the, the margin that we're talking about is this. So it's not a creativity issue, and I know I've mentioned this before. A lot of the guys on the offense love the offense because of the misdirection, because you don't know the motion, the you think we're going here, we're actually going there, you think we're going there, we're actually coming back here. So I don't think creativity is the issue at all. I think you need better quarterback play. If you have better quarterback play, the consistency, the, 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 the level is going to go up. And if you make some of the plays that are there to be made. See, I gave him the consistency thing because of, of the defense. For me, not consistency, but the – Creativity. Creativity to, for me was F on defense. So, Gee, like, you knew these were the the offensive, the offensive grades. Doing grades. defensive grades tomorrow. Oh well, in that case, this <laughs> changes a lot. These should be a lot higher than. Hold on, G Bush came up. G Bush, this should I be a lot G Bush higher than. Roseanne, Roseanne, Dana. Yeah. G Bush came upstairs to the production offices for an hour yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would not let him leave till he sent me his all-time Cavs lineups because we knew if he didn't send them yeah, yesterday, these is, he these is down a little him. bit. Raise that up a little bit. I can't give him no deal on that. <laughs> like you got creativity, I give him a, a, a B minus on that one. See how easy that changed. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, hey, hey, that's easy. Tomorrow, so Duke and Niger. analysis for, uh, and, for tomorrow. And I, I, what I have for consistency, a C. I give him a C. Yeah. I think C. A C. C. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was frustrating at times. Uh, listen, there's a couple play calls that I wanted to jump out of the press box on. You're going to have that, I think, with any 
with any team. You're going to have those plays like the, the fourth down call at Atlanta. I hated the Brissette throw into the end zone against Cincinnati. Fourth I hated it. There's always going to be those calls throughout the course of the season that you're going to look at and go, oh, my God, what are they thinking? They probably, the play caller probably goes, oh, my God, what was I thinking after some of those? Uh, but overall, the offense is not the reason the Browns were sat home and watched the playoffs this year, so no. I couldn't be terribly hard on them. Yeah, I, and you know, that's a good point. I mean, if you're looking for the silver lining here, it was the offense. All of that being said, um, they just weren't nearly good enough to overcome a defense that was as big a disappointment for a unit on the Browns that I can remember. Yep. In other words, we weren't talking about them coming into the season being upper half or upper third which would be top 10. Mm-hmm. When we would say top five, the players would correct us and say, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to be number one. Yeah. We want to be number So that's the bar set by you guys. The bar was number one. So that's the defense. We'll save that for tomorrow. Offense, passing game, straight C. Um, and the reason it was a C was because a lot. it had a lot to do with what you said. I thought Brissett was better than... The guy that we were paying $230 million to. Yeah, I couldn't. And I, I know Watson had out. a lot of rust, but I, I want to see that rust knocked off after three games. And I never saw it go away. In fact, the last game of the year against Pittsburgh, I thought maybe was one of his worst. I, ju- I just, I didn't see any progression whatsoever, which is what led to me, led me to make my statement at the end of the season. I'm getting really concerned that we'll never see that guy again. That like... Some of these quarterbacks that have come and gone and flamed way too young. Um, is that happening to our guy? I don't know. I think it's a fair question when we've seen six games. If it was two games after two years off, okay. We had six games. By week three, I want to see no rust. I want to see the old player starting to emerge. Never saw that guy. That's why it gets a C. And I thought if it wasn't for Brissett, if Brissett played as we thought he would, the passing game's a D. But he played far better than we thought he would. Rushing tech, uh, attack B, why not an A? Uh, for exactly what you said. I thought situationally there was times when we should have been running the ball and we weren't. We're a run-first team. Why is it that our offense is always passing the ball more than they're running the ball when everybody in this front office will tell, every, you know, when you look at the roster construction, it's, we're built to run. That's the way this team was built. Yet, it's like you buy a Ferrari and now you want to use it as a four by four. Uh, you want to use it as a, as a monster truck. Um, you built the team. You built it to be a run team. And there were times when they could have milked games away by running the ball and they weren't able to do that. So that's why it wasn't an A. Creativity, I gave them a C minus. I disagree with you, Jace. I thought I, I, my bar for creativity offensively is Andy Reid. And I know that some of his gimmick <clears throat> plays didn't work, but the hook and ladder that, that they was, tried. That, that was, that, that was going to be crazy. And here's the thing about that, guys. <laughs> that's, a, that's a playground play. We've, we've, you've run that. When you were eight years old, you ran yeah. that on the playground. You know, it's almost like it's so absurd. It's like the Statue of Liberty. Right. Is, is that what he's going to pull out in the Super Bowl? The ring around the Rosie against the Raiders in week 17 or 18. Unbelievable. This is like mind-blowing stuff. So, to me, if you're grading on a 100-point scale, Andy Reid and the, that offense is the 100. And I just, I see moments where Kevin Stefanski is creative, <laughs> but then you put Jacoby Brissett in on fourth and inches and you throw to the end zone. That, that, when, when you mentioned, I was talking to my dad after the game and he said, uh, he was like, it seems like the first half, they got so many plays where they, like, it's waves they come at you. Like, the first half is gadgets. You don't know what they're running. It's everybody flying everywhere, and they scheme usually three to four people open. Now, if you can minimize some of those to field goals, you could be in the game. Yes. But usually, those are touchdowns, and you're done. Yep. Then the second half is your adjustments. Then they say, well, okay, we're just going to isolate our best players, and then you're like, oh, God, they're really good. And then if you're still in it in the fourth quarter, they got a guy that can make the plays and just go off, off schedule. So create, why it works. the creativity, you, you, it's like getting to the Boston market. Mario world, you gotta like you gonna go through waves of little minions, and then you get to the boss, and you're like, man, we still gotta, we he, they still got stuff in here. And what's funny is I thought the same thing. I'm, I, when I was watching that, and they they where they pulled the hook and ladder out, I'm like, that wasn't a you know do or die play in that game. Mm-mm, it's first week, and you know damn well that they know that at the end of that game they're gonna have situations that are do or die. Instead of saving those gadgets for those moments, 
They used them early, and the reason they used them early is because now they've planted a seed. Now that you better not overcommit, you better not, you know, leave your a trailer. You better not leave a guy open on a. Kelsey tried to do it again. I know. Kelsey tried it the second time. And what's so, for it the second what's time. so smart about that is it's almost like Andy Reid saying, "Here's something for you to think about later in the game that you might see again, but you may not. But you're going to have to defend against it. You're going to have to change." what you do in your base defense. Jason, Jason, do you think Stefanski does that more conventionally on just just the runs and maybe some of the less splash things like, okay, we're going to run this play, we're going to run the ball, but then I have tight ends open. Uh, we have formations that you may not choose, you may think we're going to run. You think he does that, but just on a different level is not as flashy as, as Andy Reid? Oh, they do. Yeah, they have things that they run certain formations just to set up things later on 100% that happens and they've tried some of the gadget plays and they've been a disaster like mm-hmm. Amari Cooper throwing the interception which yeah. is why I'm which is why I'm a C minus on them like I mean I Andy Reid's they don't always work the hook and ladder could have been a disaster by the way yeah uh, um I was even I was surprised that <clears throat> the Bengals didn't challenge that play that it was even a catch because mm. he didn't make a football move yeah, and the ball was, wasn't in was his quick. hands, but a tenth of a second. Yeah, it literally was catch and pitch. Yeah, and I would have, I would have challenged that that was an incomplete pass because he never made a football move, and I don't know that he completed the process of completing the catch. Well, I don't know what a catch is in the NFL. I don't anymore, either. I, so, I don't either. Yeah. And the last one I wanted to mention, and this is the one I've got some stats on: consistency. D minus. You touched on my main point here. This team is good enough to play with anybody. Period. Full stop. Mm-hmm. And there is no debating that. And if you want evidence, just go to the, the October 31st Halloween game when they absolutely housed Cincinnati. I understand they were playing without their best receiver. We had our second string quarterback. It was 32-13, I think was the final. Here's what I dug up. This was the first time they played their divisional rivals and then the second time. Halloween night, they scored 32 against Cincinnati. Second time they played them, they scored 10. Check mark Cincinnati on the adjustments. Pittsburgh, first time they played them, they scored 29. Second time they played them, 14. By the way, those were with Watson in game two. Jacoby in game one. Jacoby in game one. Baltimore, 20 points in game one, a 23-20 loss. 13 points in game two, a 13-3 victory. Of course, Baltimore was playing with their ding quarterback situation. What's stunning to me is, in each of those games, they went down 22 points, 15 points, and 7 points, second time around. But and the entire offense took a step back with Deshaun. Which is, I just time can't understand it. I can't explain it. You know, it's like, you know a chemistry experiment goes bad when you put one piece into the puzzle that's in, superior to everybody. It was almost like the quandary we had with, well, why is Baker better when OBJ is on the field? This doesn't make sense. And, and we're in the same spot with the Kevin Stefanski offense. Why is this offense dramatically less productive with Deshaun Watson out there over Jacoby Brissett? Remember, I don't get that. Remember Albert Breer, he was on it a couple days ago, and he said they want to get to this offseason where they want to do more things outside of structure you know in Clemson Deshaun is one of those guys that he could do things outside of structure and he's great with that if you look at Odell Beckham Jr. was the first thing people say he's not going to run the exact same route every time he's going to do some things outside of structure but that's what gives you the big plays we talked about you know guys some guys like Donovan Beeble Jones guess what he he can get you to like turn around five yards go downfield catch the ball get down he can get that but can he give you that that improv, improv type game plan where he can move. Oh, I don't and see. And Albert I'm going- said that the Browns want to go more that way. Yes. I'd, be, I'd be for that. That's, that's absolutely. Could true. you imagine OBJ with a guy like Mahomes who finds guys when they're open? And I mean, j- just think about it. like Baker clearly can't do that. Baker knows where all of his guys are supposed to be, and if you're not on that X, you're not getting the ball. And that was the problem with with. But with with OBJ being the freelancer that he is. You've got to pair him with a quarterback who is A, mobile, so he can buy time, Mm -hmm. and B, goes through his progressions and finds the open guy. That's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if if OBJ was to sign with Kansas City, 
in this offseason? I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes and Reed are so good. Even on the on the corner route, like Travis Kelsey was just like, oh, you read the route for me? Cool. I'll just go ahead and, and sit down. And I'm just I will throw it short. Now who knows? Now he and Patrick Mahomes threw that, knowing good and well that was not the play. No. So what kind of trust? But by the way, does anybody sell a route better than Kelsey? <laughs> like he sold that route so well, I don't blame the corner for biting on it. it I mean, it was. A, I thought that was the route he was running, and maybe it was the route he was running. And at the last second, he said, "You know what? No, he bit so hard on that." I, I'm just going to lay down here and be open. And I've and, and the problem is I've seen Deshaun Watson do all those things. I've seen him do all that, right? The question is, how do we get to a point where we we can trust as fans that we're going to see that starting week one next year? You have to go out and get the receiver capable of doing it because to Albert's point, Deshaun, one of the things he's best at is freelancing. And, <clears throat> okay, this isn't there, but you have to have the receiver that sees that and reads that and and ter- and breaks his route and, and heads for the end zone or just runs deep is willing to break off a route and just get open and the Browns don't have that guy right now you know DPJ is is very structured in terms of this is where I'm supposed and so to is be Cooper really and Cooper just doesn't have the burst anymore right mm-hmm. uh, but with DPJ it's like this is where I'm supposed to be this is where I'm going to be and he's not really good at adjusting on the fly they have to go find that guy. Yeah, I think that could be the missing element because I'm fine with taking him off schedule and letting him do his thing. Right. Because I agree. At Clemson, that's what separated him from everybody else. But we haven't seen that in his brief time here in Cleveland, and we definitely saw it in his time in Houston. I don't know who that receiver is, but I guess that would be their number one offensive priority is to find that guy. Yeah, I I really – I mean, no one's told me this. I really think their second-round picks can be receivers. I, I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving that same way with, with Jason. I think before it was because oh, you see what it's alarming in the middle when somebody's gashing you in the middle, and now you get Schwartz. They might have told Jim, "Look, we brought you in because we think you got to retrain a couple of these dudes. We think you got to. So we you, think that the clay is here yeah, now. Mold it. Yeah, mold it, and be. then we'll give you one guy. We'll try really hard to give you a guy, a guy that you can hang your hat on. But for me, to me, the most important position for this this team is a receiver because I'm looking around and, and there's no shot. There's no chance because I think one of the things that even hurt the Cincinnati Bengals was Tyler Boyd going out. Tyler Boyd, the first two or three plays of that, uh, uh, that game, they had no answer for Tyler Boyd in the slot. Then you had Higgins and then you still had Jamar Chase. See, sometimes I, I know we're not used to it, but sometimes you got to have multiple guys to beat. Guys that do different things. Do yeah. different things. So you got your possession yeah. guy. You've got your hands guy you've got your freelance route runner you've got your you know precision route runner you should you know you should have one it's like a golf bag you know you got a a, a a club in your bag for every shot you're going to need and I don't think the Browns have that in their wide receiver core one thing can we put those draftable guys back up Smith and Jake yeah, we can not going to be available by the time <laughs> hey, they well, those are just the uh oh, you take 87 please 87. <laughs> I mean it, Unless I'm just way off on no, my... No, I agree. I think he's a first-round guy. Yeah, I, I do, I too. I'd be stunned if he's not a first... Even, even without playing last year. These were... So, I went to PFF. Yeah. And they had their breakdown of ranges of where they could be picked. Where did they have Smith and Jigba? Anywhere from, like, 15 to 50. Are they if, tr- he, if he slides tr- to the Browns and they don't take him, tr- I'm not a fan anymore. All, all, these, all these guys. <laughs> I'm record, not kidding about Adam that. Adam DeBool, the soul of Adam DeBool is rising up. Can you imagine, what, what would your reaction be if he slid to the Browns in the second round and they there, passed on Smith there, and Jigba? There, there's no way he's sliding no, to the second round. That's anything. wrong. I mean, no. he'll, it'd, he'll, be like, it'd be like if we had a DD waiting in the queue and you decided to pull up a graphic instead of pulling <laughs> That is egregious. What's up, egregious. Oh. Mike, that was phenomenal. Yes. Thank you. And that was phenomenal. Aditi never slips to the second round. Sorry, I just had to make that point. <laughs> First round pick only. In my own head, let's be honest. That was, you know what? It's funny. That's what we did when we were announcing. Because the Super Bowl is back in Arizona, it was the Super Bowl in Arizona that Patriots Seahawks one where of course the ball should have been run instead of thrown but it was thrown and anyway I was pregnant with my son my first then and that's the way that we announced that we were pregnant we said announcing our very first our number one overall draft pick, or our first draft pick. Something that's kind of dope. dope. That is really cool. Very creative. Is he worth the max deal yet? He's getting the max deal? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's on his second contract. Right now, the kid needs to learn how to throw the ball away and to see another down okay. and know that the game isn't over until it's over because Madden is making me crazy. <laughs> he just got it. He just got his uncle's Xbox at Christmas, and he got his first thing of Madden. He is oh. obsessed, except he whines and he whines and he whines. And if I could tell you how many times I've tried to explain to him, do you think that when Josh Allen throws an interception, he goes into the tank? No, he doesn't. He goes to the sideline, he calms down, and he comes back. But for some reason, the seven-year-old can't get that. Yeah, I'm not sure seven-year-old Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or anybody got it. At seven years old, the last play is the last play of your life. You know, yeah, that's how you it know goes. what's really funny is that last week my husband was playing him, and uh, for whatever reason, my husband was the Panthers. This is actually a great story. My daughter, every time she's around, the three-year-old, insists that my husband be the Browns because, as you know, she was born in Cleveland, and her brother has trained her to say that she is a Browns fan. And my poor Steelers fan husband is constantly playing the Browns and trying to win with the Browns. But anyway, last week, Matt plays with the Panthers, and he says to Nico, he goes, Nico, I'm about to introduce you to Christian McCaffrey. Oh my and gosh. first play, McCaffrey takes it like 90 yards to the house. And then we're watching the game this weekend, and McCaffrey had a really nice run. And I said to Nico, I'm like, see, that's the guy that Daddy said he was introducing you to. But the poor kid was really confused by the change in uniform. He's like, wait a minute. He's a cheater. Your son, if you're listening to this, tell them to turn the internet on. And get updated rosters. Yeah, Christian why is McCaffrey is no longer on the Carolina Panthers. That touchdown yeah, yeah, yeah. is illegal. Gee, we, can't, we can't do the internet thing. I don't want to play with like, random strangers and all that. Yeah, That's a good idea. Yeah. Really, yeah. Keep it out of your house as long as you can. But they still have the Matt Rule playbook, so it's kind of a wash. Yeah. Sorry, Mikey, what was that? I said they may have McCaffrey, but they still have the Matt Rule playbook, so it's kind of a wash. Yeah. <laughs> that is a wash. Yeah, is. And Baker's the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. I had, if Bull's not here, yeah. someone had to say it. Bull would have jumped. <laughs> Bull would have to F Baker! Speaking <laughs> of Bull, Aditi, uh, I know you hopped in. We were doing our offensive report cards for the Browns. Bull's not here, but he yeah. still sent us in a report card. Do you want to grade Bull report, Bull's report card yes. of the Browns? We can, but, you know, these guys were talking about something that I do want to get back to. So go ahead. Let's start okay. with Bull, and then this we'll is, get back to this what. This is Bull's, yeah. Jason no one has seen this yet, Aditi. You can grade Bull's report card. How do you think Bull did grading the Browns? It's actually I mean, it's hard to quibble, to right? I think it's fair. I almost would – yeah, I mean, you yeah. play with who you have, so it's not like you can give an incomplete in any way. Yeah. It's almost identical to mine, which is very scary. I thought it was close to yeah. mine. Bull and I never agree I think on... it's fair. I think it's very fair. So you're not grading on a curve. You don't get – Bonus points for having a major change partway through the season, two-thirds of the way through the season. So, yeah, I mean, how could you look at that offense and say, oh, it was incredibly creative? Of course, that's the thing about creativity. When it works, it's creative. When it's not, it's ill-advised and stupid. But well, We have the benefit the of the results. Yeah, would have gotten a higher grade if it was more consistently used. I mean, how many times did they abandon the run? I'm thinking of that Christmas Eve game. There you go. You know, where third and fourth, third and short and fourth and short, and you're throwing instead of running. So, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. You keep keeping my face on the screen. You should put the, like, <laughs> report card on the screen. No, we want to see your face. <laughs> Aditi, we have, we have substitute director Mike in, so this is his first interview with you. you know, you're Mike, I don't like being on camera that much. You know, I've got these qualms about that. There you go. Now, you're on, on camera all the time. Space? You work for a TV station. Now, now, Dini, yeah, we, we can <laughs> go to this, though. What's so funny as we say that, Jason, I'm on camera doing game broadcasts, which are such a bigger deal than, like, 1 p.m. on a Wednesday on a cable channel. Yeah. So many more people are watching you doing a game broadcast. But as a sideline reporter, your face is really shown. Right. <laughs> you right know, like, that. I'm right. on camera maybe three times. Right. It's usually just my voice, which is why... I have gotten back to those voice lessons. Very, very key, those voice yeah. lessons. Let me tell you. Do you right. take – now, Bull was, asked us at the beginning of the season, and we told him not to jump off the roof with this, but he did. He said he would take the Browns for three years over the Steelers for three years. At the end of this year, would you take the Browns next three years or the, or the Steelers next three years? 
Oh, at the end. I thought you said that he said that at the start of the season. Well, he did at the start, and we told him the Steelers never really are trash. He's well, like, the Steelers are done. They'll come so in last place. he's already in a two-game hole yeah, yeah. moving forward yeah. for the next two yeah, seasons. Yeah. So let's just do it for the next two years, Aditi. Do you want – are you taking the Steelers or the Browns for the next two years moving forward? Oh, goodness, guys. I know. That's tough. Well, here's the thing. I expect the defense to be significantly improved under Jim Schwartz. I think that he's exactly what that team needs in some ways. Um, Andrew Barry is a guy that I believe in implicitly in terms of putting together a team and what he's doing. So I also expect to see significant improvement from Deshaun Watson when he gets a whole off season and a whole season and all of that time in. You know, one of the things that I'll say about your commentary in there desperately being a need for a receiver in the middle of the field. No, you just need consistent guys. Like the best receivers can go all over the field. Antonio Brown could catch the ball on a post or a go. He could also do the dirty work in the middle. And when Antonio Brown was killing it, there was a year when Antonio was doubled and tripled and Juju was open and Juju caught every ball that still came his way. I'm using the Steelers, obviously, just because we were talking about them. But you need that. You know, Jarvis Landry was a guy that was very, very reliable, very consistent. So it's not so much that you need a person. You need you need guys that you can count on. David Njoku, he did have a good year, but there were a couple balls late in the season where it was like, come on now. You're paid that kind of money to never drop a ball like that. Never. And I love the highlight catches. Of course, you love that. That one right there. But sometimes it's just making about the it's about making the easy catch, too. In any case, so let's go back to this. So the Browns, I don't think that they stay stagnant by any means. I think that they improve. The thing with the Steelers is that they they have a very interesting situation at offensive coordinator on their hands. Mm -hmm. So. It is very well known that the offensive coordinator was not particularly, um, I don't know what the right word is. He wasn't popular. Let's just say this. We know, we know that players had gone to Mike Tomlin and to the general manager, Omar Khan, and requested some sort of change, that there wasn't a lot of creativity in what the offensive coordinator was doing. There isn't a huge track record of what he has been able to do despite all of that because he has a year left on his contract team president and owner art rooney decided to bring him back how does that all play out next year when the coordinator knows that players have gone and requested change when the players have really sort of when he's lost some players how do you get them back and what is the offense able to do? Do I expect Kenny Pickett to be better? Yes. We saw immense growth from Kenny Pickett. He's got a great quarterbacks coach. He's got a great private coach. He's got the entire makeup that you want. Does he have necessarily all the same natural skill that Deshaun Watson does? I don't know, but I like Kenny Pickett a lot. But what that offense can do, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure because I think that creativity and that design really does matter in this day and age. And defensively, you know, it took a while for the Steelers to get going. They can't. And, yes, T.J. Watt being hurt was a part of that, but they can't afford to do that again. I don't know. You know, I, I also think the Ravens quarterback situation is really fascinating as well. So it's not like I'm ready to sit here and just anoint the Ravens automatically. You know, coming into this year, I did expect them to be at the top with the Bengals. I don't. I think that there's some interesting questions there as well. It's. I'm not answering. I'm hedging. I'm sort of talking a lot. I'm a window into my brain. <laughs> See, I told you. I, I was waiting on it. I, mean, yeah, I was waiting on was the hedge. Answer. I don't know. Do you feel like it's a snap decision? Like you can say right Steelers. now, oh yeah, Steelers. will definitely be back. I, I don't know how Steelers. you ever go against the Steelers. History. Yeah. I mean history. I and just... it's not like we have like a five-year body of history or a ten-year body of history. Or a 20-year body of history. We have a 50-year. Yeah, we have Jay, a 50-year body of, body of history. Problems. Guys, that's one of the main problems with the Steelers is that they sit here and they sit on their history. But really, what? Their well, history? Well, it's culture. The last it's, it, it, Didi, what we've history, talked about look, that. The culture okay. kept them. They, were the Browns better than them this year? I thought they were. I just did. I thought yeah, they were a better team. You're right that the culture makes a huge difference. And we have seen this with a team like the Jaguars, who I know I talked about a few weeks ago. Culture does mean everything. And Mike Tomlin did not have to establish a culture. No, but I there. think that the standard, one of his favorite lines is the standard is the standard. The standard has gone from here 
to here. Okay, like middling is not, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, the standard is supposed to be competing for a Lombardi trophy. Having a winning record, like, okay, yeah, all yeah, right, Yeah, I know, great. but we're so comparing, we're not comparing right. the Steelers to the Chiefs right now, we're comparing them to the Browns. Right. And where their standard may have gone from Lombardi to 500, the Browns has The Browns can't here, get their shoes on the right feet. And here, and here, yeah. and here. And we have one year here, <laughs> and then we're right back down here and here. Look, so, I, but I've said I've said this before, and I'll say it once again. This is why a guy like Jarvis Landry was so necessary to the ecosystem of that locker room. Yes, I could okay, agree when more. You don't have an established culture yep. of win at all costs. We are never out of it. This is so important, and not that I'm saying that it's not important to those players, but if you don't have that established identity, then you need that alpha in that locker room who just whips everybody's, you know what? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Although I think online we can say whatever we want to say, right? But anyway, you need that guy that says, I don't care if you're on half a leg, you get out there on that half a leg. You know, and look, the Browns aren't the only team that have this trouble. Look at what Patrick Mahomes did two weeks ago with that high ankle sprain, yelling at his coach, we'll deal with it at halftime, no way I'm getting back in that game, versus Lamar Jackson, whose own teammates called him out. Like, Mike Vick called out Lamar Jackson and said, slap a brace on it and let's go, it's the playoffs. When you have a guy like Sammy Watkins saying to Lamar Jackson, we have a chance to make some noise, get back in there. And that's just not who Lamar is. That is who Patrick Mahomes is. Who on the Browns is like that? You need that person in there to push people to see it's this or nothing. This is our one chance. This is the last time that this group is going to be together. This is the last opportunity we have, the one in front of us, because nothing else is guaranteed. And there just wasn't that guy. Right. And There and, isn't that guy. But that, that's why the Steelers always have three of those guys. Keep five yeah. of those guys. They recognize them. Yep. And when they recognize them, guess what? They don't let them get away for less money. Yep. And and exactly. the, the Browns historically have. And, right. you know, you, you use Jarvis Landry. There are other examples through the years of guys that they absolutely should have kept. Even if they're, at the, if they're on the downside of their cycle and they're getting older and less productive, I don't care. For what Jarvis Landry ended up signing for the Saint, with the Saints for, and I understand that he was hurt, but even if he's hurt, he's still a presence in that locker room. He's still a presence at training right. camp. He's still helping drill the mindset into these young Perrion Winfrey's. Yes. You're teaching professionalism. You're teaching how yes. you go about doing your job. And let's not, not everybody who's old, yes, yeah, sometimes you lose a little on your fastball, but you figure out other ways to get guys out. And as you talk about the Steelers, it makes me think of James Harrison, who ultimately did work his way out of Pittsburgh and whatever. But prior to that, James Harrison was most definitely past his prime when the Steelers are playing a playoff game in Kansas City. And it was just as tough sledding as could be. They couldn't punch it in the end zone. Le'Veon Bell ran for crazy. It was all these field goals, whatever. But it comes down to the very end of the game. James Harrison does not have the speed. He does not have the moves. He does not have the brute force he once did. But he is wily enough this many years into his career that he goads Eric Fisher, the Chiefs' left tackle, into an unbelievably dumb penalty that wins the Steelers the game. And sometimes that's what you need. It's like watching Pedro Martinez at the end of his career with the Mets. He couldn't throw the same fastball. But he was still striking guys out. And so, and not only that, Pedro was that personality in that clubhouse. He was that guy that rallied that team, that took on Mike Lupica once. I mean, like, this, this is all, this, you need a guy like that. And when you're the Browns, you even more need a guy like that. Because to your point, Jay, there is no established culture of playoffs or bust. In fact, I, it's sometimes the opposite. You, and you so, realize you, you just uh, made my point of why I picked the Steelers, yeah. though. I mean, yeah, that's she, why. Yeah. So she, likes, she likes the Steelers the next when all things years. are When all things are equal, she likes the Steelers the uh, I'm just going to go with the team that has the better track record. If I'm betting ponies, and I've got one pony that's always in the top three, and I've got another one that's never in the top three, that's the easiest betting slip I'll ever fill out. I, I'm just going to bet on history. And in this case, unfortunately, 
the history is on the wrong side for the Browns. It's on the right side for the Steelers. I did actually think when Bull sat there, when they were four and eight or whatever they were, and Bull was yelling and screaming that the Steelers, finally, are you going to admit now that I was right, Aditi? They're finally going to finish <laughs> below 500. And I actually thought, I mean, you know what? Got, he got this I've, been on, I've been on the other side for the entire time. But he might, he might finally, you know, look, a, a broke clock is right twice a day. Yeah. And so if you predicted enough years in a row, you're going to finally get it right. And I thought when he made that prediction, I'm like, yeah, I don't see how they finish 9-8 and eight this year. Well, I'll be damned. They finished nine and eight. You know why? Because they got those dogs in the locker room. They've got that culture in the trophy case, and that's why the Browns finished seven and ten, and that's why the Steelers, who I don't think had the talent the Browns did, finished nine and eight. Yeah, I mean you're you're right. I've said it before on Sundays. T.J. Watt is the scariest person. You do not want to disappoint him. If he's your teammate, you do not want him on your tail. You do not want him upset with you, and you most definitely don't want to disappoint him. As great of a player as Miles Garrett is, Miles Garrett just doesn't inspire that same. I hate to call it fear, but lack of a better word that that same drive. He's just not that same guy. So get somebody else who is. Doesn't always have to be your best player. Uh, no, I agree. Can I hijack this for a second and go completely off topic since it's January and we have nothing else to talk about? When you talk about the Ravens, this came up last week, and I think I don't know if this is the day we had you on or not, and Brad brought up like a Dak for Lamar Jackson type trade between Dallas and Baltimore. And we kind of had some fun with it. But I got to thinking about it and sort of was talking through it. I wonder if do you think Baltimore it's specific to Lamar? or if they have the mindset that they don't want to invest that heavily in a quarterback, because I said they would never do that trade because if they were going to pay, if they wanted to pay Dak that much, they would just give it to Lamar. So is there, is, are we ever going to get to a point, I guess maybe what I'm getting at, and this could be really stupid. And if it is, tell me where teams say we can't have one player taking up that much cap space, even if it's a quarterback, because all these teams going to Super Bowls are doing it with quarterbacks on rookie scale contracts. Yeah, it is a very interesting point, right? And we did talk about this last week, actually, Jason, when we were talking about the Bengals. And I was like, look, they are in a moment where they've got all these guys on rookie deals, and that's not going to last forever. But the Ravens, let me just say this. I don't think it has anything to do with not being willing to pay a quarterback. They paid Joe Flacco. And I know for a fact they were ready to pay Lamar Jackson. He's just incredibly difficult to negotiate with because he doesn't have an agent. It's negotiating with him. And there is this issue of the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson was given and certain people feeling like, well, if Deshaun Watson gets that much guaranteed money, my entire contract should be guaranteed as well. And there is some fear in that when you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, who just completely fell off the the cliff, when you look at Lamar Jackson, who hasn't been able to stay healthy. And so it's not at all about not wanting to pay him. And I absolutely believe that teams recognize the single most important player is the quarterback and he does need to take an outsized share of your cap and that the difference in getting to the next level versus not is how elite your quarterback is and how much your quarterback inspires and gets others around him to play better that is worth paying for i don't think that that is it and i also where you're right jason that teams are willing to let a veteran receiver go perhaps because they know that there's so much wide receiver talent in the college game that is very ready to come and adjust on this level. I don't think that there's as much confidence when it comes to the quarterbacks that this guy will definitely absolutely be a success on the NFL level. It's hard because – go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. I mean, even I, for instance, I know that I was there when uh, Josh Allen was drafted and I've had many, many, many conversations with Brandon Breen prior to his drafting, after his drafting and in the five or six, whatever years it has been since I know that he loved Josh Allen. There's no way that he would sit here and say, oh, I 100 percent knew that he was going to be a perennial pro bowler and an MVP candidate. You just never know. You really don't. It's hard because, like, look at the Colts have been chasing a quarterback for years. And when you have right. one, you do everything you can. You have to hold on to him. Obviously, the Browns have been fruitless for 20 years and trying to find one. But where's the line and how much? I mean, we're going to find it out in Cleveland when Deshaun starts taking up $55 million on the cap. At what point is it too much that 
I, I don't know. I, I can't be contradictory because I'm the one that said if you have the quarterback, no, you always have a chance. Fair. It's not stupid. Yeah, at but all you know what? You just three said of the something four really. Quarterbacks in the conference championship game were on rookie deals. Yeah, but teams. I, you, I, can, you know what, Jay? Really quickly, Jason, you said something very, very interesting. You said, Jason, you said that the Browns have never found one. Maybe part of it is that they have never developed one either. Because Fair. I know Brandon Bean, like Baker Mayfield, too. Is Baker Mayfield a different quarterback today if he doesn't have four head coaches and four offensive coordinators in his time in Cleveland? Whatever that number is. Yeah. But, you know, we know that David Carr is a different quarterback if he doesn't play behind that line. Are Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen different guys if they are in different clubs, if they go into stability, if they go into good coaching? So for the Browns, it's not only about finding them because Baker was indeed extremely liked by a lot of teams and had a lot of tools. But there is no way that you can say the Browns set him up for success by the complete lack of consistency and development that they gave him. Complete lack of offense. Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser was a very talented young man. I know he wasn't a high draft pick, but you think Hugh Jackson putting him in and pulling him out, putting him in, pulling him out, you think right. that that is good for a rookie quarterback? I mean, he was a second-round pick. Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. Yeah. The and look at where I totally Jalen Hurts is when he has consistency for the first time in his career. Yeah. This is the first time that Jalen Hurts has had the same offensive coordinator for two years running since he was in high school and his father was his coach. Well, wow. Baker, I mean, Baker's never Shane Steichen, and I've used this example with you because Nick Sirianni, who is going to the Super Bowl in year two, going to the Super Bowl in year two, Nick Sirianni last year as a first-year head coach at some point in the middle of the season said, you know what, I need to coach the whole team. And he gave up the play calling duties to Shane Steichen. Now Shane Steichen consistently has been Jalen's guy last year, all of this year. And look at how Jalen Hurts has blossomed. Yeah, consistency. I mean, look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talk about we talk about Deshaun Watson's contract. Um, is Joe Burrow the, the realistic person that could potentially push to get the fully guaranteed deal? Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. So that's yes, that's. Yes, yes. I, I don't think it's Lamar Jackson. I, th I think Bar it's him. I don't think Joe Burrow. Look, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to sign. The, and this is just like whatever. I'm saying this right now, and I. This is what I feel. I don't think he's signing a 10-year mega guaranteed contract. I think he's signing a shorter guaranteed contract because he knows the way quarterback salaries are skyrocketing. He's betting on himself and he's thinking, okay, well, if this is what the quarterback, if the number is 50 million right now, well, in four years, it might be 75 million. So if I sign for the 50 million a year right now, it's entirely guaranteed. I'm set for life. My kids are set for life. My grandkids are set for life. And four years from now, I'll be worth even more as opposed to being locked into a deal for 10 years. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, smart. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the long term for a quarterback is always shaky because that position historically has skyrocketed more than any other. Burrow is the most right. fascinating one to me of all of these young me quarterbacks too. that we're talking about. Because he has the skill set. Well, not only that, he has, the, he has the talent around him that they're not going to be able to keep if right. he signs the type of deal that we're talking about. Is he willing to take $10 million less? Like Brady did. To keep all of these receivers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I'm and as capitalistic as they it, come. Get every dollar you can. But at the same time, yes. it may end up costing you Jamar Chase or it may end up costing you T. Higgins. Right. Which would which, you rather? Which was a calculation that Josh Allen made a year ago, recognizing, okay, I am going to get what's fair to me, but I need to make sure that I have enough tools around me. And he didn't this past year. He needed a number he needed he a number needed two another, receiver. He needed another yeah. one. He needed another one. Yeah. No disrespect to Gabe Davis, but he needed something more beyond Stefan Diggs. They needed to be able to run the ball better. I will say this about Joe Burrow. He has a very, very smart agent. His agent, Brian Arault, doesn't have – he's like the Jerry Maguire. He only has the best. 
You know, he's got Aaron Donald. He's got Joe Burrow. This is not like a Drew Rosenhaus who has a thousand clients and everybody gets only a little piece of him. So this is going to most certainly be a very, very interesting negotiation, I would say that. I do think that Joe Burrow cares about winning more than he does anything else. I do think that Joe Burrow is very, very smart. And I think that there is a piece of him that knows and recognizes the way Tom Brady made it work and how much money Tom Brady made off the field. And Joe Burrow, certainly, I'm sure, Joe Shiesty, Joe Cool, Joe this, his fashion, the way that he takes what he wears to the stadium. He knows that he can make more money. And the best way to make money to be desired as a pitch man is by winning, to win you need pieces like Jamar Chase mm-hmm. and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and a great run game around you. It's the Brady so, model. Again, let's see. And that that's how you win seven. You might yep. win one, yeah. you might win two, maybe three. And now because but he if took you less. get greedy, you're 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 gonna cap out at three because right. your team is hamstrung. There's not enough dollars to spread around. Aditi, great points, always great conversation. Uh, thanks for uh, showing us your face for as long as you did on this episode <laughs> of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, guys. Have fun. Get them, master ro- okay. get them Madden rosters together, man. I don't want to hear you coming back yeah. here talking about he, your, your, your husband. You know how you fix ma- that? You um, hook it up to Wi-Fi, <laughs> do the update, right. and then you disconnect Then you disconnected that yeah. Wi-Fi. See, it, see it, it's not on, it's not, on uh, it's not Big Brother. They don't just pull up and just jump in your place. Yeah, once you uh, uh, attach to Wi-Fi, you yeah. can disconnect it. Yeah, you know, yeah, they can't get in the house. A, that's not a thing. Once you disconnect it. She's, I know all the parent tricks. See, I've been there. She's a, she like my mom. She'd be thinking that you turn it off. You need to give it a rest. I said, Mom, this is a machine, an electronical work of art. This thing can run for thousands of hours. What do you mean? Give it a rest. Yeah, <laughs> what just, she was saying is give your mom give you a rest. Uh, that's a fascinating conversation. One I'm sure we're going to have a lot this yep. offseason. I think what's, I think ultimately, it's just a knee jerk reaction, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately the Bengals will franchise Burrow for two years and he will leave Cincinnati. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.